CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. So glad you've joined us as we wrap up this week, um, right before Christmas, a week before Christmas, looking forward to all the great things. God will use you in your life to minister to other people. You know, a lot of people, there's a sensitivity towards God this time of the year in that uh, they see and hear about the baby Jesus being born. And you may be that very conduit that the Holy Spirit will use to bring a message of hope and salvation to those that I believe sometimes are so often we think unreachable, but actually God's endeavoring to reach out to them right where they're at. And so we oftentimes just want to encourage you in in every way to be about your daddy's business. This Sunday at the River Christian Fellowship, we're going to continue our study looking in the book of Acts, but looking also at this great picture of God stepping out of time, walking with man who he created. And this is going to be a great time. In fact, I've got the movie Jesus for everybody that shows up here on Sunday morning. Take that home and use it for evangelism in your home. But we just want you to know that God loves you so very much. And and again, if you feel very alone this uh, Christmas season, a lot of people do. Sometimes when we gather in a living room, we look around the room and see the people that aren't there anymore. I believe it's not only a time of reflection, but a time of also maybe a little soul searching. And I just want to encourage everybody You know, the Bible says to dwell up peaceably with all men if possible. And I just want to encourage you, mend those bridges, build those relationships up. You're going to be the one that's, um, that's, that's going to be blessed. And so, uh, if you'd like to be part of the program today, again, the number 8888-ASK-CSN is the number to call. Joining me today, special guest, featured speaker here on CSN from the Bridge Fellowship, David McGee. Uh, and uh, hi and welcome, David. Hey, Mike. Welcome. I'm I'm glad you're with us. And again, uh, from across the bridge, uh, and uh, all the ministries that you have going on back there. Um, how are you this day? We're we're blessed for you. Trying to get y'all some a lot of neat stuff. There's, a, of course, a lot of battle uh, going on. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of pastors are going through a lot of battles. As a matter of fact, we, you, know, you and I were talking earlier, and I prayed after our conversation, how, uh, you know, beat up some of the non-denominational uh, guys are all star. Um, I think we have a video for you guys. We can switch off of the phone. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that. You're 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 breaking up pretty. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, you there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's always amazing. There's little gremlins that come in and change all the knobs. I don't know how this happens, but uh, no. Well, anyway, David, I'm very glad you're with us. Looking forward to answering some questions with you. And yes, sir. Um, we'll go ahead. 
and just go to the phones. We have Carol on the line in Texas. Hi and welcome. Well, hello, pastors. Hi, God how may we help? Um, I'm curious. Uh, during the days of Noah, it rained 40 days and 40 nights. After Jesus was baptized, he was uh, he fasted for 40 days. And then the children of Israel, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And then when Jesus, once he was resurrected, he stayed on earth for 40 days. Is there a significance in the number 40? Yeah, all the way through the Bible, you'll find this and, and how uh, the number 40 and, and humility go together, as well as God completing his plan many times with the number 40. David, your thoughts? Uh, yes, there is. It's amazing. It, well, 40 is one example, and, and 40 is significant of a test or trial or judgment. And you mentioned the the 40 years. You could put another zero on there, and 400 years is also very significant. You, you don't want to slip over into making things mean something, but numbers in the Bible are very, very important. 40 is one of the most important numbers uh, along, it, probably the most important number is seven which is not only everywhere through the Bible, but throughout the book of Revelation. And if you understand seven means completion and heaven and perfection, makes perfect sense that Revelation is filled with the number seven. So that 40 means a a test or a trial. And one little neat historical fact, our Mayflower Compact was signed November 11th, uh, 1620, November 11th, 1620, Mayflower Compact, first governing document of this country ever written. Jamestown was discovered in 1605, but they wrote that document in 1620. That was the official starting document. 400 years later to the day, November 11th, 2020, is when Biden was declared the winner over Trump. 400 years to the day. That is not a coincidence. So numbers are uh, very important. One last note, 27 is, and I can't go fully in, but it's significant with mountains. And mountains are mentioned in the Bible. How many times? 27 times. Mount Everest is 27,000 feet. And it was discovered on May, you guessed it, 27th, that they figured out uh, that peak was there and how high it was. So, yeah, numbers, uh, you don't want to bend scripture, but numbers are very significant. And most Christians and most people that read the Bible don't understand the significance. And most uh, pastors and teachers really need to to uh, encourage folks like you. And God bless you for, you know, having that discernment you're Holy Spirit, Spidey sense, you know, going off and saying, hey, there's something more here and then calling into the program. So thanks for the call and hope that helps. Yeah, yeah. And not to be confused with numerology, which is uh, kind of a dangerous sign. But right. as an example, the number 40 uh, is tied to the fulfillment of God's promises and not mm-hmm. always good promises. Mm-hmm. You find 40 showing up uh, in testing and in trials and in judgment as well. But it is tied to uh, these um, 
promises of God or predictions of God. Hope that helps. It most certainly does. I really appreciate it. I do have one other thing I'd like to ask. Okay. And our youngest son is really struggling spiritually. Uh-huh. And I truly feel like he's running from the Spirit, from fear. And I just wouldn't like for y'all to pray for him, that he could yield to that Spirit instead of run. What's his first name? Jason, I'm sorry. Well, let's pray. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. We pray for Jason. We just ask you, Lord, that... Your Holy Spirit would go and convince him, God, of your love for him. You're endeavoring to guide his life. And Father, that you would bind Satan from his mind, the confusion and all these things, so he would see the great opportunity that you offer him in Jesus' name. Amen. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, perhaps those very things that will help Jason in making that great decision. So stay in line here. We'll get you taken care of, okay? All right. Thank you so much. God bless you. Merry Christmas to you. And let's go to Jerry in Rapid City, South Dakota. Hi, welcome. Jerry, are you there? Looking for Jerry. Well, Jerry, we'll, we'll try to come back to you. With that, we'll go to Stephen in Denver, Colorado. Hi, welcome. Hey, thanks, uh, guys, and thank you for your ministry and what you do. Um, hey, real quick, um, Mike, when are you going to put a tower out here in the Denver, Colorado area? <laughs> oh, I know. We, we've loved to have gotten into the Denver area, but it's extremely expensive. And uh, But it is something that we'd certainly like to do. It's a it's yeah. <laughs> good market. Well, we always have, the, always have the Internet. At least I can hear you on the Internet. <laughs> Um, hey, I was thinking about something the other day, thinking about the end times and, and how it's just playing out exactly like, uh, as I read the book of Revelations, Daniel, even Ezekiel. Um, and, you know, God is so gracious to tell us how it's going to end. And even like the certain battles and times and all that. Um, and I began to think, you know, Satan knows the word of God, too. You know, probably inside and out, most probably better than a lot of Christians do. And so if, if he can see that we know the end, why is he playing it out exactly as the Bible, as the Word of God wants him to? Does he have the power to say, look, you know, the Bible tells me how it's going to end, um, so why don't I change things up and do it a little different? Does he even have that power, or is he... No, I, to- I believe that God, in his prophecy, reveals what's going to happen, adding in all those variables that are out there that could change things. God already knows the end from the beginning. So somebody would say, then why doesn't Satan cry uncle and just give up? It's the same reason today people on their deathbed will reject Christ. It's called pride. Pride blinds people. Pride blinds anything, angelic creatures, to reality of what's going to happen. How could you think that pride, the Bible says in Isaiah 14, Lucifer was beautiful in all of his ways, so pride entered his heart. Pride blinded him. How could you how could you go against God that created everything? That's what pride does. That's why the Bible says pride is at the root of every sin. Because it usurps God's authority, and it doesn't matter what the facts are anymore. Pride is what is I think it's interesting, gay pride. You you've heard of that. Pride blinds people to the reality of, of, of the overall outcome 
down the road. When we say, I don't need God, I'm going to do what I want to do, and our hearts are filled with pride. We don't need God until we get the prognosis that you have terminal cancer and you got three weeks to live. Now all of a sudden, hey, wait, 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 wait a minute, I, 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 I need an answer here. But unfortunately, some people have lived so long in their pride, they can't get out of their pride. The only viewpoint in their life that means anything is their viewpoint. Unfortunately for that person, I believe uh, they're lost. Now, I believe God will save any person, anytime, anywhere, if they'll call upon his name. But your heart gets so hard because of pride, because I'm doing it, as Frank Sinatra said, my way. Well, there's the big problem, because your way will take you to hell. The Bible says there's a way that seems right into a man, but in the end there's death. And that's the problem that we find today, is people are doing what's right in their own eyes, with no total, total disregard to God. But the problem is, down the road... And again, because God doesn't judge immediately, because that's God's mercy, they think God doesn't care. Well, God does care. There is a judgment. And this is why I believe it's so important, as the Bible says, today is the appointed day of salvation. Today is the appointed day to get rid of the pride and accept Christ. Satan, totally blinded by pride. In the long run, he thinks he's going to win. This is the crazy stuff. But this is what happens in human beings. They think they're going to beat God. They think they're going to beat the rap on death. Pride blinds people to reality. David, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer. I can add a little bit to that. Uh, But, you know, pride blinds people, and it blinds the enemy. And so just like in, in the Bible, when the devil went to take on Jesus and tempt him. He literally thought, oh, this is it. I get to tempt Jesus. He's going to fall. And of course, it didn't happen. You know, Jesus quotes the word of God. And notice one of the things that, that the enemy offers. He said, uh, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all that you see. And Jesus doesn't say it's not yours to give. So when the Bible talks about the enemy being the prince of the air, he's really got so many people here deceived, and unless you're a believer, you're deceived, and many believers are deceived or worse yet, self-deceived, thinking they have no carnality, no flesh to fight against, that every emotion or thought they have is purely sanctified and therefore to be trusted and acted upon, and that again, spiritual pride. We all need to know there's a, you know, like Paul said in Romans 7, there's a, um, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing those. And, you know, that, think about the humility. And this was Paul, who also said uh, that he was the chief of sinners. So that that's the anti-pride Paul. And so all of us need to be aware that, you know, we can be pulled into uh, deception or, again, worse yet, self-deception. But, you know, just like when the enemy thought, oh, um, I'm going to get to crucify the Son of God, and that's going to be it. I'm going to win. And much to his horror, you know, Jesus is resurrected. And, and it, you know, his plan goes awry, and it's God's plan fully recognized. Same thing is going on now. And, and you know, we need to be prepared as believers and uh, people that are going to, as believers and, and those unbelievers who are going to be here, God is going to allow 
this earth to taste judgment. And it's going to get really, really, really bad. And I, I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't think people are, are, that that's computing with them or it, at least if it is, why spend eight hours a day talking to strangers online? If you think the end of the world is coming, because, you know, a lot of people are still doing that. So we need to check, you know, not only others with pride, but check ourselves with pride. And uh, and you're right. You know, it is. And you went through the books, man. You're, praise God. You can tell you're a student about, you know, the parts in Matthew, the parts in Daniel, the parts in Ezekiel. Just, I mean, you're dead on it. And watching all these things happen and the, watching believers be deceived, it's, it's painful. Uh, but as Jesus said. You know, what's the most important part? Make sure that we keep God number one and that we're lovingly others centered. And, uh, and that's all the law and the prophets. And, you know, when you give yourself away, you're also giving your pride away. So, yeah, you're, you're dead on. But I, you know, like Mike said, the enemy is, he's totally deceived thinking he's going to win this next battle. And obviously he's, he's not. Jerry, I hope you're still with us. Are you still with us? Well, I hope that answers. I hope that answers it for you. And we might be a little crossed up here. I'll, but Jerry, uh, Rapid City, hi. Oh, hey, yeah, uh, hey, Mike. Uh, I'm originally from Rapid. I live in Gillette, Wyoming now. Oh, okay. Um, Love your show. Uh, My dad gave me this radio. Uh, I keep it at work. I'm clocked out right now because I've been waiting a couple of days to talk to you guys. And I have some questions. I I hope they're not too trivial. Um, uh, But I I just wanted to say, you know, I I listen to your show all the time. Um, I was listening last week, last Monday, and a gentleman called in, and he was talking about biblical contradictions. And he was uh, quoting, I believe, uh, Solomon from... uh, I think it was First Kings eight twelve. You know when he spoke that um, the Lord said He would dwell in the darkness. Yes, and, uh, I remember. Pastors, mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then unapproachable light. And then and you guys gave a great answer. And I'm sitting here the whole time. I I have a life group that uh, I go to every Sunday um, with friends from church. And the night before we were discussing, and, and one of our friends from our life group had mentioned, you know, it's interesting that uh, God uh, said, "Let there be light." in Genesis and, but he doesn't talk about making the great lights in the sky uh, until day four. So he was able to illuminate the the day and night before the sun and the moon, obviously mm-hmm. uh, from later on in Genesis. So I just want to put that out there. Uh, obviously this is your show and I have the questions, uh, but I just wanted to put that out there. I just think it's uh, really neat when you think about it. Uh, the, the light was there before the sun and the moon. Um, Great point. I, I assume from God, correct? Well, sure. Well, sure. We remember at the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, Jesus said, some of you standing here will not perish until until you see the Son of Man coming in his glory. And we remember the very next chapter, the very first couple of verses, it says that he took him up to a high mountain. He was transfigured uh, before them. And the Bible says his radiant was brighter than anybody that could ever bleach anything white, could get anything that white. That's how radiant they were. Now, when you stop to think about that for a minute, I believe the unbridled radiance of God is probably why we all have to have a a, a new body to stand in that radiance. Um, I, I don't believe this 
um, fleshly tabernacle we call our bodies uh, could stand the the express um, brilliance of God. I mean, uh, we realize that um, in him is light and in him there is no darkness at all, the Bible says. So I believe that light that we see uh, that the Bible speaks of is really that radiance that comes from from God. And, and it appears to be from a single point like the sun would be. And we know that evening and the morning were the first day. Now, what we have to understand there then in the in the um, you might say the the makeup of our of our earth that would tell me the rotation of the earth was was then uh, already in existence before the sun the moon all all these other luminaries were there so the earth already has spin to it but the sun the, but the sun was not its source of light it was the radiance of God because again. It's the only other known source of light that the Bible speaks of. Your thoughts, David? Yeah, you know, I love what you brought out about the light. And yeah, definitely in Genesis, that's a pre-existing light. That is the Lord. And you said it as if you knew the connection, but just so listeners are following us. Uh, in the book of Revelation, it, we're not going to need the moon or the sun. We'll, we will exist by the light emanating, coming from God. And so our dear brother here has pointed out. That in, in the, the New Jerusalem, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and our brother has pointed out that in the beginning, you know, there was heavens and earth, but God hadn't yet created the light. He was the light, which I, uh, Mike's tied that with the transfiguration. And uh, that that's a, a great take on that. And then also, uh, Mike, when uh, Peter up there says he wants to build three booths, the reason he says that is it's actually during the Feast of Tabernacles when they build booths. I didn't understand that for uh, many years, but uh, come to study it in the other Gospels and whatnot, um, it mentions the Feast of Tabernacles, and it would be the natural thing to build a booth outside, and it represents their pilgrimage, uh, of course, from Egypt to the Promised Land. So you know, God is the light. And our brother said he had a couple of points, I think, Mike. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I do. I, I sure hope I, these questions are all over the place. So thank you so much for coming oh, on that. And I, I wanted to just put that out there because there were such good answers and um, last week, and I, I just thought this added to that. If that gentleman's still listening, this that's a really good uh, addition to that information. Uh, my other question, and this is a, this is in um, reference to. So I, I, for the first time, I've read through the Bible now once. I'm on my way through it the second time, and, and I just I'm I've been blessed by it, and I just can't encourage uh, believers enough to 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 dig into the Word. Um, I, but I noticed the other day, and I was reading through Second Chronicles nine thirteen, um, where Solomon's talents of gold that came into the treasury. And of course, I'm reading King James version, so um, it got by me the first time without noticing. But the whole six hundred and three score. Yeah, six sixty-six. Six. So, is that biblical allegory? And if so, what what is it? What's it trying to bring out there? Well, I think it deals with uh, the the monetary system of man. Uh, When you realize that one of the things, as we read up in Revelation seventeen eighteen, the the you have the of course the 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 crash of. 
the Antichrist religious system, but you also have the crash of the Antichrist economic system on the earth. And I, I believe that, again, man is always um, uh, messed around with money values and things. Thomas Jefferson said, I fear banks more than any invading power because through inflation and deflation, they can completely destroy an economy. Well, I think we're seeing that right now. Uh, back when our money was tied to, as an example, uh, you know, a silver, that's why a silver dollar was the size it was. That's why a half dollar to this day is the size that it is, uh, because it was about a half an ounce of silver, a little bit less than that. You had a dime, which was a tenth of an ounce of silver. That's why our, our coins are the size they are. Now, a nickel and a penny, they were a composite of a different material, and that wasn't counted. But that, you always knew what that was going to be worth. But today, a dollar is whatever the bank says it's worth or whatever your government says it's worth. And with, unfortunately, it looks like today with little power to control it. So people's 401ks are turning into 201ks or 101ks are gone completely. You find, you find um, that what was one price one day is a different price another day. I use this illustration very quickly. Two, uh, grandma gives her two daughters uh, $1,000 in 1964. To one, she gives a 1,000 paper dollars. To the other, she went down to the bank, which you could do, and she got a 1,000 silver dollars. <laughs> And gave that $1,000 to both of her granddaughters. The two granddaughters call up each other uh, last week. Hey, what'd you ever do with that $1,000 grandma gave you? Oh, I still got it. How about you? Yeah, I still got it too. Well, it's in a chest under my bed. And it's in a chest under mine. So she pulls out the 1000 silver dollars. Today, that's worth about, about $25,000. Well, what would $1,000 in 1964 buy you? It'd buy you a brand new car. Volkswagen Bugs were right around that price. Uh, Ford pickup trucks were just a little bit more than that. But right around a thousand, a little bit more dollars. But uh, today, a thousand paper dollars won't buy you a used car. Well, what happened? Because your dollar's not tied to anything. I believe that's the reflectiveness that we get there concerning Solomon and the tribute that was paid to Israel is that. Man's attempt to do these things, I think, ultimately end in the world 666. Now, we're coming up on a break. We don't want you to go away. We come back. We're going to talk more about this. David, I would really like to hear your input on this. But we uh, do yeah. know. Exciting the, stuff. The, you know, remember when Satan showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world, he said, they're all mine and mine to whomever I want to give them to if you worship me. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into. 
to, and it's so easy to, find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. The meaning of Christmas is all about the miracle of life when Christ came to earth as a baby to bring life to all. Preborn pregnancy clinics share the miracle of life every day as they meet women in crisis pressured to end their unborn baby's life. And every day, Preborn rescues 150 babies' lives by introducing babies to their mothers via ultrasound. But that's only the beginning. Preborn shares Christ with them and offers assistance for up to two years after birth. All for free. And this miracle of life often saves the baby and the mother. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life will be without her. To learn how you can help rescue a baby's life, call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life. Part two of To Every Man Answer on this Friday afternoon with David McGee. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And when we went to the phones or the break, we had Jerry on the line and asking the question about when Solomon demanded a tribute from these vassal nations, the amount came to 666 talents of gold. And we find, of course, the number in Revelation chapter 13 the number that the Antichrist places on the people of the world is 666, and without that number, you cannot buy or sell. Is there any, is there any connection? Well, of course, six is the number of man. And when we find, of course, this, this um, picture of man's futile efforts to govern himself, I believe that we find also this monetary system. You know, somebody said one time, money is the only thing that man has really ever invented. Everything else has already been here. Man's the one that invented money. Well, we know that during the millennial reign of Christ, it's going to be a whole new government, a whole new way of doing things. The old has passed away. It's going to be new. But we do know right now we see the buying and selling with dollars. We see the scams going on. This one guy that uh, scammed all these billions of dollars and then gave it all to the Democratic Party. Uh, these are these are things that should be concerned to everybody, he should be locked up for many reasons, but of course, illegal campaign contributions, totaling this kind of money, funneling through different different uh, people, this is dangerous stuff. But it's the way of the world. And I believe 666 is the way of the world. And I believe that whether you're in Old Testament, New Testament, um, or during the tribulation period, you're going to find the same thing of man's futile efforts to govern himself. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Great thoughts, Mike. And and I want to mention something. You, you mentioned the 666 thing, and there's something a lot of people don't catch. On the monster drinks, it looks, there's three, it looks like claw marks. There's a, a you know, a little mark and then a downward line. And that's not actually a claw mark. That's a Hebrew V. Um, and the sixth letter, the Vav of the Hebrew alphabet, 
which is the sixth letter. So that those three letters on the monster drink can are stand for six, six, six. And Mike, you mentioned that how, uh, uh, or at least you alluded to the mon- the world monetary system. And I've studied these things for, for years, but, um, is set up on the dollar. It's the global reserve currency. And that means everybody who wants to buy oil, Saudi, Saudi Arabia agreed back in 1972 that they would only sell oil in dollars. And they're the, they were the biggest oil producer. So all the OPEC people got in line. And so all those dollars go through Wall Street and every American benefits until they don't. So our government just started printing money. By the way, we can all feel much better. I read today in the Wall Street Journal, Janet Yellen, in the editorial section, said President Biden has fixed the economy. Praise God. So we can all, I was worried there for a minute, but with Janet Yellen telling us Biden's got it fixed. And uh, but what's happening As they just raised interest is, rates, another half a point this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. BRICS, which stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, have said they're going to have a, a new currency traded among each other. And, and so notice Russia's in there. They can sell oil to one another, meaning our sanctions against Russia aren't won't they don't mean as much so they're they're setting up trading in one and and then you've got venezuela and saudi arabia wanting to also join this group meaning the dollar will not it won't continue to be the reserve currency that all oil is bought with and you might think well was it that doesn't mean anything to me on main street oh yes it does it's tied to all the credit all the mortgages, all the bonds, the, the ETFs in the market, all funded through this constant wash of money from oil because oil, everybody's buying oil every day. And that has made our, um, our nation wealthy as a trader. Now, see, that's where it comes into play in Revelation 18 because it, it says, in Revelation eighteen nine, it says, And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see her smoke, the, see the smoke of her burning. Remember what happened 20 years ago in New York? They saw the smoke burning. Consider afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour. Is thy judgment come and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her for no man buyeth their merchandise anymore. No man buys their dollars anymore. Maybe verse 12, the merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet. Let me stop here and say all these things are purchased through Wall Street today. And all thigh on wood, and all manner vessels of ivory, and all manner vessels of most precious wood, and of brass, and of iron, and marble, and, and all of these things. And it says that, you know, it, this is Babylon, and it's crumbling, and the rest of the chapter goes on to, you know, pretty strongly suggests that it, you know, what you, you, we talked about pride, now we're talking about 666, and they meet each other at Wall Street. So, hope that helps. All right, uh, Pastor. Hey, thank you. Um, I, I do have one more question, and I know okay. I've taken up a bunch of time on your show. I just, if I could, if you could indulge me, in Second Chronicles twenty six fifteen, King Isaiah, 
he has engines placed on the towers and corners of Jerusalem. Uh, what are we talking about there? Is it was were those tribuches? What 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 was the they? what was this reference again? Uh, Second Chronicles twenty six fifteen. Okay, and uh, David, 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 your thoughts? Did you say engines? Yeah, uh, this is the King James version, so it's a uh, kind of awkward, but yeah, that's what it says. Twenty six. Um, what? What's uh, the Second verse? Chronicles twenty six fifteen. Twenty six fifteen. It's also in, I think, Kings or Second Kings. Yeah, I got a tree of life with Hebrew. Well, yeah, twenty six fifteen just reads. It says, and he made devices in Jerusalem, invented by skillful men, to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and large stones, kind of like a, probably a catapult. So his fame spread far and wide, and marvelously he helped till he became strong. Um, that's all it says. I, I, I don't know anything about any Indians or anything like that. It was just a, a yeah. mechanical device, a war device, to be able to throw more arrows quickly uh, to, to repel off any invading army against the, the city walls. Jerry, I hope that... Tree. And the Tree of Life version, which is a Messianic Jewish family Bible, um, Dr. Jeffrey Seif headed that, that team up. But in 26, Second Chronicles 26.15, and that reads, In Jerusalem he made machines designed by skillful men to be used on the towers and on the corners to shoot arrows and hurl large stones. So his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped until he became strong. I tell you, that Tree of Life Bible is a great Bible, and and a lot of verses like this, it illuminates well. Yeah, and it actually says in the old King, it actually says in New King James, um, devices, um, Mm. machines, same thing. But Indians is... I don't know where they got that, but I'd probably stay away from that version of the Bible. So hope that helps, Jerry. Yeah. Okay, thanks. All right. Stay on line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy. Great for evangelism. Let's go to Walter, New Mexico. Hi, welcome. Hi, Pastor. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for your program, and I appreciate it very much. My question is about uh, the Shroud of Turin. Um, what are your thoughts on that? From what I read in Scripture, uh, I don't believe it, but I think it's a fake somehow, and I don't know how they produced it, but it doesn't matter because the Scripture, to me, doesn't, you know. Well, you know, I don't know either. I, I do know that I I saw some, some really well-done documentaries on it, and it appears for some people believe that Jesus had a sheet wrapped around him, and then the, the windings were wrapped around him uh, after that. When Jesus come back to life, his radiance literally burned image into the cotton fibers. Now, what is interesting about this, this is something the technology of the day did not have and probably wouldn't have had clear up to probably as recent as even uh, 50 years ago. Uh, This is why it, to me, may have a little more validity. Also, they did pollen samples on it and found that some of the pollen on the material was indicative of the Middle East area where Jesus was was buried. I think that's interesting as well. Now, to say for sure, is this? Um, I, I can't say that. I don't think anybody can actually say that. 
But it does possess technology that they did not have at the time to be able to do this. And this has been a fairly watched cloth over the years because of its, uh, you know, know, the the problem is with so many things in the Catholic world, uh, it's idolatrous. That's why they have statues and why, why they actually went in and changed the Ten Commandments. Uh, about graven images, they they eliminated that verse and then took the Tenth Commandment and split it in two so they would still have their Ten Commandments. But the Word of God stands and it talks about idolatry. Now, anything can become an idol. And this is one of the great problems, whether it's the Shroud of Turin, a, a, a statue of, of uh, Paul or, or, or Jesus, uh, Mary, the cross, any of those things can. Now, are they bad in themselves? No. But if you begin to identify your faith, in other words, I feel spiritual when I'm around this chunk of plastic that looks like Jesus. We're in real trouble because those that worship God worship him in what? Spirit and in truth, not by visual aid. And this is one of the great problems that we have. And this is one of the reasons why I believe so many of these Occultic religions and religions in general appeal to the flesh. They appeal to the sight. And so therefore we have iconic uh, uh, recreations of, of, of these different biblical people. Well, it, it seems okay, but is it? Well, again, we worship Jesus. The Bible says we worship God in spirit and in truth. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. So what's the purpose of Mary statues or Paul statues or Peter statues? They're worthless. I hate to say it, friends. That's what the Bible says. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus. It's not even a priest. It's not even the Pope. It's your direct relationship with God. And so I believe that with the shroud these things, um, people oftentimes feel more motivated. Now, if we look at something as an example for history and say, well, look, you know, here's something. How did they, how were they able to burn into the, to the material, the sheet that covered Jesus's body, if in fact it did, how were they able to burn that in at different depths with the same effect that um, radiant light would do when they didn't know about that, well, they were just really clever with, you know, they got some, uh, you know, carbon, uh, you know, they ground up some, some, you know, uh, charcoal and, and, and then they got some cotton and they just dabbed it on this. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, NASA, NASA came along and debunked that. They said this is something they don't know how they did. That is why it lends credence to it. But is it what it says it is? I don't know, but here's the great news. It doesn't change my faith either way. And that's, I think, what we have to do. Now, one of the things we do find when Jesus rose from the dead, it says that his uh, uh, linens were, were neatly folded. Now, that would lend more towards a sheet than um, strips of a burial cloth. So that would land that, that way. And by the way, they were neatly folded. You can tell your kids they need to make their bed. Jesus made his. But the thing that we have to always look at is we have to realize that those things are interesting, but we cannot hang our 
uh, faith on any of those things. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, not from iconic things, a piece of wood from Jesus's cross, uh, 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 the garment that wrapped Jesus up, um, you know, uh, the, the, the um, holy grail, the chalice. All these things are just, are just foo-foo on the side. I'm not saying that the shroud necessarily is. I don't know how they did it. I lean more that it probably would be true, but I have many respected friends that know and love God, and they reject it. That's okay. It's all right. I just look at it more or less from a scientific standpoint and what NASA did, and they actually were able to recreate from the burned-in image a 3D picture from it, and it is perfect. I don't know how they would have been able to pull that off, even up to even 50 years ago, and the Shroud of Turin has been around for a long, long time. Your thoughts? Yeah, that is a great answer, Mike. And we've actually had some discussions, Mike and I, about this Shroud. And a couple of things to understand that are important, uh, because it's like, well, how did it just pop up in the 11, 1200s? And then, you know... um, and then they got burned. guessed that that would be the carbon dating uh, when it was presented. But if you go further back, there was already spoken of in Israel a barrier cloth for the first 800 years that then disappeared. You, and then remember, we had the Crusades going over there from Europe. 1050, 1100, 1150, about the date the shroud appears in Europe. Now, they wouldn't have come back and said, look, oh, we stole from Israel. But they got it back. And it was interesting in the 70s, the Mike's referring to, they did all these tests. And NASA said, everything's original. The blood's original. It's real. All these things are real. But what threw everybody is they did a carbon date analysis and they said, well, we think it's about 800 years old. And the guy who invented carbon dating said they used the wrong process. They didn't do the right homework. There's no way they got the date right. I told them I offered to do it again. They didn't want to do it. And But, you know, as Mike was talking, I thought about this. What would have happened if during that time – not only NASA said, yeah, all these things look real, but then the cobalt dating came back and said, what's well, 2,000 years old? I can tell you what would have happened. They would have put it at the front of the Catholic Church and started worshiping it. And, and so maybe God threw a curveball just so that didn't happen. But now now when you take a look at it, I tell you, going even further on these pollens, they're now, they've now taken the DNA of the pollen from the Shroud of Turin and 27 of the 55 plants only grow in Israel. How did they get in the shroud? Well, so, and, and, you and, know, and David, there's more mark, than that. It's nothing to be worshipped. Yeah, the, 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 the church that contained that shroud caught on fire, and they ran in and rescued the shroud, but that contributed to an abnormal amount of carbon uh, in the fabric, and that's why it's burned on the edges which would then also throw off any carbon dating as well, which would make it very, very hard to pinpoint. So I hope that shed a little bit of light on it for you. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Walter, stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy. With that, we'll go to Molly in Arizona. I welcome. Hi. 
Hi, how may we help? Uh, yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't think this is biblical. It's. It, I don't know how to how to explain it to you, but um, I just found out about a year ago that uh, my mother-in-law does some weird stuff at home. I'll give you a for instance. Uh, if you're having uh, bad luck on everything you do, let's say your car breaks down and you know you get sick and you know things like that, uh, she'll actually rub on your body and it's called a sweeping of the body. Does that have anything to do with that religion, Santeria? Very possibly, because Santeria is a kind of a a non-rooted in um, really, really the Bible, but it combines a lot of religions together um, uh, from, from, uh, from the Caribbean ideas um catholicism thrown in there uh it's it's kind of yeah uh, uh, yorba spirituality west africa's uh brand um so it's just kind of a hodgepodge of religion and we know that that um when you become a christian satan doesn't have dominion over you anymore and so um uh, that's why we turn our lives over to Christ. And so we find um, that in that religion of theirs, uh, they're um, having animal sacrifices with a religious content, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Um, but, you know, th- this is, again, um, why are they having animal sacrifices when Jesus Christ was a supreme sacrifice? The blood of bulls and goats and animals could never get rid of men's sin. That's what the whole Old Testament is about. And only God's own son, his blood, is the only thing that takes away men's sin. So uh, when we when we understand it, it's just another variant of the cults that are out there. Um, and some of them combine ideas, thoughts from other religions and hodgepodge it into their own contraption. But uh, again, I'm not into religion. I'm into Jesus Christ and him crucified and rose and gave us all eternal life. Friends, that's the simplicity of the gospel. And when you're a Christian, nothing happens to you by accident. And you know, we think sometimes, oh, why did I have to have a flat tire on the way to work? Well, maybe God wanted you to talk to the tow truck driver that changed your tire. We never Mm. know these things. Your thoughts? Yeah, I would, you mentioned she was your mother-in-law, and you said she would brush, uh, I think you said you, but just so we're, you know, we're clear on this. This has it's not biblical in origin, so it's demonic in origin. So if you have kids, I would not let her brush them. Uh, you know, you can say, look, the Bible talks about those who are sick. You pray for them. Love to have you pray for the kids, and and but you know, don't be trying to brush them. You know, something weird off of them. You, you need to be sensitive because. You know, she may come from generations and generations and thinks that's an act of love. But, you know, it's an unbiblical act of love, which can open the door to things. And you can explain it to her and say, certainly you wouldn't want to open the door to your grandchildren or something weird. You need to, you know, pray for them. And uh, and and along with that, you know, the Bible doesn't talk about baptizing infants. It talks about dedicating them 
to the Lord. And so, you know, parents dedicate their children to the Lord. And also, um, you know, grandparents should be involved in that. And so perhaps even if she wants to cling to it, she'll let it go for the love of her son and the love of the, the grandchildren. So, Amen. Yeah, Hope that, that helps. Was good discernment that, that, you know, yeah. Hope that helps. Well, now that I, that I know by going down there to her house, because they say they see a lot of, like, spirits roaming inside her house. And, you know, I was there uh, for a year, and uh, actually the bed for my husband and I slept would shake. Well, there, hey, listen, when you start dealing with the underworld, and that's what a lot mm-hmm. of the Caribbean religions are based in, which this uh, particular sect blends in, uh, the powers of darkness are real. But the good news is greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But listen, they, they, uh, the occult has been around and taken on many shapes and forms down through the history of ages. Whether we're looking at astrology or whether you're, you're looking at full-blown Satanism today, it's still around. It takes on its different forms. And sometimes it appears to be very benign, very, very acceptable, very palatable, but nevertheless the same thing. I've had people come up and say, well, hey, dude, what sign are you under? And I said, the sign of the cross. Oh, man, all of a sudden you get a real reaction from those people like like you've thrown water on them. Well, that's the truth. You did. You see, uh, the cult and Christianity doesn't mix. And you can't mix it together. So the idea, honestly, of the Antichrist in the last days doing his Chrislam coexist thing, we're all going to, re- re- you know, uh, unite all the religions of the world. This is just one more that you're describing, Molly, where they're taking and homogenizing these different ideas from different religions. Well, that's what they're going to do in the great world religion. And that's why it's not acceptable to a Christian, because it's Did very you see clear. That? Did you see that CERN dedication, Mike? Did uh, the dedication of that tunnel in Europe? You happened to mention Europe. No, I didn't. And did, well, the, you know, they are being blatant in the way they dedicated this tunnel. You know, they're they're anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-Bible. But at the dedication of this this tunnel, they've got people dancing around with horns, dancing in demonic outfits. Bunch of them new, doing all these weird, you know, I had to turn away from it. And this was dedicating, these are government officials at the dedication of this CERN super tunnel, which is pretty kind of demonic in itself. And, and what do they do? They've got all their horns on and, and meanwhile, they're calling Christians silly. Yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, you, professing themselves to be as wise, they became as fools. Molly, I hope that answers it for you. I'll send you yeah. some things that perhaps you can get your uh, family to look at, okay? Okay, I appreciate it. Molly, Thanks. God bless you, and thanks so much for the call. And we're about out of time. We, uh, Randy and, and uh, Kevin, please call us on Monday. We'll put you on very first thing. Promise no waiting. And uh, again, uh, letting God uh, use all of us in these days of Christmas to reach out to a lost world. Thanks, David, for being on the program. Keep looking up. Our redemption draws nigh. Hope to see you Sunday. Bye-bye. This ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. 
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. Thank you.